This is the Your Kick-Ass Life podcast, episode 36, with guest Tanya Geisler. All links and resources that you hear in this episode can be found at yourkickasslife forward slash 36. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. I can't wait to have you listen to our guest today, Tanya Geisler. She's a personal friend and colleague of mine, and I'm going to read to you a little bit more about Tanya before we get started here. Tanya Geisler is a certified life and business coach with a penchant for clarity. She's coached hundreds of people who are ready to step into the starring role of their lives. She wrote the Joy Pages, created Board of Your Life, and the Step Into Your Starring Role program, is a blogger for for the wildly popular The Daily Love, has served as contributor and was featured in Canadian Living, and is an in-demand speaker who talks with great passion on all things joy, meaning, and purpose. She recently spoke about the imposter complex at TEDx Women. It is her indomitable belief that if everyone knew their own unique recipe for their personal brand of joy, they'd hold the key to shining in their life, in their work, and in their life's work. It really does change everything. So without further ado, here is Tanya. Welcome everyone to the Your Kick-Ass Life podcast. And I am thrilled today to be joined by Tanya Geisler. We had I, we had to like stop talking <laughs> to start the recording. I'm like, we need to be recording this because we're talking about such juicy things. That's what happens when you, when you talk to a life coach, I guess. And Tanya is a... Uh, you know, and I, I read your bio, everybody everybody knows who you are and that you're all about stepping into your starring role, which I love. But I first want to talk to you about the imposter complex. And I couldn't wait to get you on the phone with my people because I'm sure that there's a lot of people listening who struggle with this. So first, can you explain to us in your words, what is the imposter complex? And I assume this is something that you may have dealt with before. So can you tell us uh, your story in your struggles with this? Okay, so hello and thank you so much for having me. So here's what the imposter complex looks like. You get invited on a podcast like this, and then you're introduced by your friend, and then she says something like, everyone knows who you are, and then the voice goes, who, me? (laughs) That is the imposter complex living and breathing. It's that nagging little voice that tells you you're not worthy, you're not experienced enough, you're not skilled enough, and it is always, always keeping us on the verge of greatness. And, um, and I'm kind of done with it. And it's a liar. It's a really bad, stinking liar. And I'm, I'm really fed up, really fed up with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I can, I, you know, I, I have dealt with that too. It just that whole, like, uh, that, that person. Okay. So I have, I have an example. So I, um, Jacqueline Carley is a, uh, is my trainer. She's my personal trainer. And the very first time that we got on the phone together to have our, to have our meeting, we were going to Skype and, um, and she was like, yeah, let's talk business first. You know, we were going to, we were going to talk about our businesses and I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's do that. 
So um, she just wanted to ask me some questions, a little consult type thing. And she was like, well, Chris is going to be um, on Skype with me. Is that okay? Her boyfriend is Chris Brogan. Mm-hmm. Do you know who he is? Me? Yes. Oh, gosh. Okay. And, I, and I love Jack. Jack is amazing. <laughs> we're we're, we're friends. Fuck. Yeah. So I, I text my dear friend, Kate Courageous, and I was like, <laughs> so <laughs> Chris Brogan wants to talk to me about my business. Like, Real, this is Chris Brogan, who's got like 500,000 Twitter followers, who's like an international speaker, like three books, bestsellers. And then Kate's response was, well, of course, Chris Brogan wants to talk to you about your business. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I immediately went to like, I'm just, I'm waste, I'm like a tiny, tiny fish and he's this big fish and they're this power couple. And why would you even want to talk to me? So yes, that is the imposter complex in action. And guess what else? I would be willing to bet anything, anything, anything that Chris Brogan also experiences the imposter complex. And this is part of the insidious nature. We all have had times because by definition, okay, so I should also, I always, I don't feel like they probably get enough props for this. The term is actually uh, the imposter complex, the imposter syndrome, imposter phenomenon. It was coined by um, two clinical psychologists back in 78, and they were, they were, um, interviewing women and they were noticing that they were incapable of internalizing any of their achievements. And we know that men absolutely experience it too. Um, it, the reason, you know, women, women have it in a different, they just, just different ways of going about it. And I go into that in some detail in my TEDx talk on the topic, but it's really anytime you, you hear yourself attributing your success to luck or chance or anything beyond your talent, skill or efforts, right? So it's, mm-hmm. or it's also, it's a matter of time before they find out that they're, you're not quite as Magnificent as maybe they had made up because they made a mistake, right? I've heard so that before, yeah. Like, when yeah. is everybody going to find out? I have, I have no idea what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or they just invited me because they dot 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 dot. Uh-huh. Right. It's like it, it, it is nothing to do with with our abilities. Nothing to do with the fact that you're an incredibly interesting woman who's creating this massive empire, and who wouldn't want to who wouldn't want to get into and under that. That's why we're like twenty minutes late on this call because I want to get into and under it. <laughs> So like almost by definition, if you are high, this is the good news about the imposter complex. If you are high functioning, high achieving, and you have any values of integrity and excellence and mastery, there is an excellent, exquisite chance that you have experienced the imposter complex in, in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I think that is everyone that's listening to this podcast right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Those so are my I- people. Those are your people. And so I actually want to, it, it, do you, if you have, if we can, I've, I've really drilled it. I have been making such a study of this because of, uh, you know, it's really meta for me, right? That's like, who am I to write about the imposter complex? Who am I to speak about the imposter complex? Oh, right. There it is. Like, so it's like super fresh for me. But I've, I've identified a bunch of different specific lies that it likes to tell us. Okay. And there's also one truth. You want to hear them? Yes, please. Yeah. So lie number one, your self-doubt is proof of your inadequacy. So just Mm -hmm. like, so, so it also sounds like how can you lead or serve others when you are full of self-doubt, right? Mm -hmm. So that's like, oh, you need to have it all together. You need Mm -hmm. to be mastered. Mm -hmm. But reality is self-doubt is proof of your humanity, not your inadequacy. Hmm. 
successful people, line number two, successful people don't experience this. It's exactly what you sort of showed up. I, I love this sort of, there's this, you know, and, and we are, there's tons, you know, Tina Fey, Chris Martin, uh, Stephen, Stephen King, Sheryl Sandberg. You know, we, we, we can lose it when we find out that these people that we look up to that we revere have had this experience. And also, I always think about this, um, I remember Oprah saying once that it uh, doesn't matter who the guests are and however many years that she had done her show, it didn't matter who they where they would come up to her and say, how did I do? Like, Sidney Poitier is worried about how he did on Oprah's show, right? Like, madness. So you are an excellent company. Um, and then it also has, it's actually so many, like, we might not have time to go, but, like, there's this also this competent extremities piece. You are all or nothing. Mm-hmm. You are mm-hmm. either a wild success or a dismal failure. Dichotomous thinking. That's big in high achievers. Totally, totally. And of course, at both extremities are total lies. And they're traps, right? So like, of course, we are, we are, we are everything in between. Um, and then of course, like, so, you know, the, the fourth lie, and again, you know, we, we don't need to get into all of them, but you have nothing useful to say or original or important. Mm-hmm. I've heard that one in my head. Yeah. <laughs> have you also heard that if you do experience it, that you really shouldn't tell anybody about it because then they're really going to find out that you're a fake? Yeah. In the beginning. Yeah. In the beginning, I have found that my own, like telling my own struggles, you know, after the fact, after I've been through them, like vulner- that's learning about vulnerability right there. Mm-hmm. I- and I'm assuming that vulnerability kills the imposter complex. Um, yeah. Can, yeah. Can, can you, can you actually, this, the, the, yeah. Can you say more about that? Well, because I, I started my blog back in 2007 and this is back when I thought nobody was reading it. So I was just pouring my heart out to the internets and writing about my eating mm. disorder, writing about failed marriage, writing about, you know, struggles with perfectionism. And then people started reading it and I, and immediately thought, mm. oh, I yes. can't tell people that I, you know, I'm going to be, I'm a life coach. Like I have to act and portray myself a certain way and have this, you know, sort of image that I, I need to portray. And, you know, of course that was all my inner critic. And then, but once I kept going, well, what I found too is that people loved it and people felt like, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one. Uh-huh. Thank you for telling me that, that this is something that you also deal with because I admire you and I admire your courage to come out and talk more about it because it's a conversation that needs to happen. Uh-huh. And I have felt, I have found strength through your stories. So the more I got those messages, I wrote more and more and more and putting your stories out to the internet for hundreds, thousands of people to read is practice practicing vulnerability like, to the extreme. Totally. So I have totally. found that that imposter complex was quieted the more I come out because I have evidence that it's that imposter complex lie is not true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that's the what uh, Brene Brown calls speaking shame, right? Mm-hmm. The, when we when we're able to sort of speak of it, 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 you know, when you can you can feel the ripple effect of the empathy, you can feel the relief spread across the room when you name something that has been so deeply hidden or shrouded or veiled. Yeah, right. totally. And then, of course, then there's also you must tell everyone about it, right? That's lie number six. It's like this. It's this like um, I don't belong here. Like I'm gonna just I'm gonna just name it as such. I don't belong here. I'm not supposed to. I'm not supposed to be here. Um, and we have this like thing that people are just waiting for us to out ourselves. But the reality is, is that more often than not, people are so busy thinking that they don't belong there that they're not really overly concerned about whether you belong there or not. And and you're not alone. And we all belong here. Yeah. We all belong here. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I love that. And I, you know, speaking that's a segue, a great segue. The last one that you just mentioned is because I was, I was spent some time on your blog last night, reading and reading and reading. And you talk a lot in your blog posts and your programs, you know, the steps that you have in, in getting over this imposter complex. And one of them that I'd love for you to talk more about is reaching out and ha- asking for help from your friends and your tribe versus isolating. So can you speak more specifically about that and why it's so important? Yeah. Sure. So once we get over the fact that, um, you know, that, that we are in this alone, that people don't want us to help, that, that is like once we get to that point that we see the illusion that we are alone, uh, worlds unfold. And so in the Step Into Starring World process, which I've started to think of as more of a technology than a set of tools, mm-hmm. um, somebody reflected that back to me. It's like kind of a technology to be mastered. And so that's the fourth step. And the current group that's working with it right now um, just, just finished that step and it's it's uh hmm. i don't want to sort of put this qualifier on a bonnet but it can be a really challenging step to recognize that uh first of all you are well surrounded um and this this other truth and i feel like i've shared this with you before is that uh, your people really want you to succeed mm-hmm. and we have this um belief that we don't want to impose, we don't want to overextend, we don't want to overask, we think our, you know, we have this, we have this sort of a scarcity mindset around how many asks we have, um, we don't know what to ask, we just, we just feel a little lost, and God, who wants to see that sort of like that complete mess? Mm-hmm. So we have to have it really buttoned down and really polished. So I call this assembling the cast, um, we use pretty theatrical language in, in the Step New Star World program. <laughs> this is really about filling the gaps that you have identified in the previous steps um, because you, have, you do have to meet the, the critics. That's, that's one of the parts, too, and to understand what the, the objections are, which is, you know, you, would, you speak to in, in the gremlin language. So what are, the, what are all the reasons that you're not supposed to have it exactly as you want to have it? Um, once you've sort of nailed that down, then you can understand what the realistic objections are and then what are, what, what's the work of the critic that just really needs some deft handling um, and we all have our ways of handling the critics and I know you've got a whole book dedicated to that um, but what are the realistic objections and, and so and when we really root into that those are likely the places that we need support so it's identifying the, the, the kinds of people that you want to have on your proverbial bus and really um, asking them for that support. And what I've been doing also is, um, so there's obviously some, some work that needs to be created around how to make the proper ask, who to ask, what to ask. Um, but it really is this, the light goes on when we know that we are well surrounded by people who really do want it to see us succeed. And the tenderness around the fact that there might be people in your life that are far too close to you that maybe don't. Mm -hmm. And so what it looks like to maybe, you know, start to release those people, um, you know, and just know that there was a time and a place that this relationship served in a really beautiful way. And that time may be past. Yeah. Oh, boundaries. Aren't they fun? (laughs) But I, I think that, you know, what I always have found interesting as far as asking your friends for for what you need is remember when we were in coach training and they they call um they call creating the relationship between the coach and the client designing the alliance 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Tanya and I went to the same coaching school. That's the Coaches Training Institute. And I always remember thinking like, wouldn't it be awesome if all relationships were that way from, from the mm-hmm. beginning or anytime during the friendship, you know, you redesign your alliance. So I often actually give that as an assignment to my clients who maybe, because I have found, and I don't know if you're the same way, Tanya, but I have found as I've gotten into my thirties and, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm approaching 40 now and we're not in high school and college anymore where there's just a plethora of females around for us to have these connections with. We have to actually go out and be proactive and work at these friendships. And I have found that very few women actually sit down and have a conversation Mm. as to like, what do you need in this friendship? What can Mm -hmm. I provide for you? Where am I falling short where I can fix that? Mm -hmm. What, what do you need from me? And Mm. it's so amazing because Amy Smith is my best friend and we have these conversations (laughs) and it's so easy. (laughs) I mean, sometimes it's not easy to hear that something you may have been doing like isn't, um, is bothering that other person. But I think that we've both kind of gotten used to it. We're like, oh, I had no idea I was doing that to irritate you. I'm sorry. I will stop doing it. Like, it's just right. that easy. <laughs> right, right. Instead of like holding on to it or not feeling like you can go to that person or or whatever. So I've given that assignment at least two times to two different clients and and they've had great results. You know, like I never knew that I just had to have a conversation with her about it. And she was very open to it. And, you know, it's it's there's this whole fantastic structure that CTI offers. I've just drilled it down to two sort of two sort of statements. And one is and, and I think part of it is we don't know how to model it for other people in our life. So it, it for me, it looks like the conversation starts with you can count on me for, you know, mm-hmm. X, Y and Z. And I want to be able to count on you for X, Y and Z. You know, and then we just like, and then that's where the conversation starts. Because if you sort of say, what do you need from me? There is also this kind of like, oh my, oh my God. Like I'm a, yeah, kid in the candy store, deer in the headlights. I wouldn't even begin to know where to ask. Um, but, uh, or, or where, where to start with what, with what I want. So having a little bit of, you know, modeling of like, I really want you to be able to count on me for this, you know, and then, you know, and what am I missing? So I think, Mm -hmm. I think there is an, as you know, God, as, as women, like in particular, this is such an uh, unbelievable, um, such an unbelievable opportunity to be able to. Ref- I when I'm saying I want to be able to count on you for blah blah blah, I'm actually also recognizing and acknowledging how magnificent you are in that realm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. What a gift that is! What an absolute gift! It sends that person to a place of. Oh my God, I'm being seen in this way. That's wonderful. That might also trigger the imposter complex, mind you, but you know, (laughs) we also know, we also know that there's a discussion that gets to happen now. So it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful assignment that you give your clients. Absolutely. Yeah. I found, I just, I, we don't, we don't put enough effort, I think, into creating the kind of relationships that we want with our, with our friendships. So I think I think it's important one to have. So you, one of my favorite so, posts. Oh, oh I have to tell you this though. I'm going to totally interrupt you. I'm going to do this really crappy thing uh, <laughs> by interrupting you a hundred percent by saying, I have this program called board of your life. It uh-huh. has been the bane of my, it's, you, you know, the story. It actually brought me to coaching. I love this with, with a, the fire of a thousand suns. And it is, it is such a challenge for people because it involves this really big ask. And, um, it was Marianne Elliott, um, Zen Under Fire, Zen Peacekeeper, sorry, um, who helped me to see that what this program really is, is this 
very tribal medicine culture kind of construct where it's like where, where medicine cultures used to function in a way, you know, somebody lost their medicine, the whole tribe was screwed. So it behooved everybody to help that person come back to their medicine. So it's, you know, so that's the structure of board of your life. And it's this reflection of like how this person is showing up in the world. So um, people understand the, you know, the importance of that. They get how transformative that could be and are stopped by the ask because it's just too scary to make that ask. It's actually less about they're afraid of what they're going to hear about themselves, which is always way more magnificent than they could ever even conceive of. But it's really about, you know, it's, it's such a huge ask. So the reason I'm sharing this is that I'm actually about to do the, a, a really scaled down version for my 10 year old daughter, mm-hmm. um, like a mini, like a wee, wee, wee mini uh, board of your life program for it's actually called the French advisory board fab for girls. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing, yeah. So I'm doing it for my, my girl and like five of her friends because I noticed on her, she's really tender. She's really sensitive. But when she, when it was her birthday a couple of weeks ago, she was able to really open up to how she was being seen in the world. So I'm starting to see, that my work in the world and in the imposter complex, this is this is a treatment of something that started so very long ago, maybe started to form at the ages of 10 and 12. So I have no intention of working with kids in a long term, like in a long term, but I want to create this program for parents to be able to use with their daughters to, to see if we can prevent the imposter complex, to see if we can engender these yeah. kinds of conversations where it's, you know, I'm recognizing you, I am acknowledging you for this incredible person that I see in front of me. If we can start those conversations really young, mm-hmm. what's going to happen, right? Just kind of blows my mind a little I bit. Think so I had change. to share that. I never had anything like that as a child. And so I love that. I can't wait to see how that goes. I can't believe she's already 10. My gosh. I know, I know, I've known you I know. for a long time. Okay. Madness. So one of the, my favorite posts that I was reading last night was um it's titled the only difference between you and the woman you admire dot 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 and you talk about in this post that the only difference is that that woman decided she was ready she decided she was ready to step into her starring role she decided she was ready to to step into herself so and i i love it i agree with it 100 percent. so we can can we talk about the notion that this is just a decision <laughs> because so many people say is it really that easy yes <laughs> Yes, which yes. I think it is too. Yes, and it's and it's what it's what you named at the top of the call. It's about it's about worthiness. It's about worthiness and it's about readiness. And and it's this, you know, because here here's what here's what I believe and this actually kind of moves me to tears when I when I really think Preach about it. this. Yeah. Latent in our beings, like in the very core of who we are, are the solutions to every every last crappy bit that we are facing as a society, greed, corruption, violence. And, and we know what needs to be done. We know how to feel, heal it. We know how to fix it. We know how to change it. But it's back to this, this um, Marion Wilmson quote, but you know, who, who am I, right? Who am I to, to be this light? Who am I to make this change? Who am I? Oh my God. I actually feel like really welled up just thinking about the truth that it is all, right here, but there is this big, fat, huge, audacious um, soup of lies that has completely enshrouded our abilities to see the truth, which is that we have it. We have it right here, right now. 
Oh my god, like totally verklempt. Just <laughs> honestly, honestly. So who you know who are you not to is is really the question, and the the readiness piece, the the, the decision, it comes with a lot of risk. There's no doubt. There's no doubt that there is risk. There's no doubt that, you know, when you when you step into that spotlight, there will be people who will project onto you. There will be people who don't like what you have to say. So it's the decision. Do we, are we ready? Are we willing to step into our magnificence and manage the, the, uh, fallout that's probably going to, that may ensue? Um, are we ready to, Face the fears that have kept us back. Are we are we ready to uh, manage the disconnection that we imagine is going to happen? You know, are we ready to manage the fallout, which is so much bigger than we have already made up? Which is why this is this technology. It's like really like just what are all the ways that that you can't have it? What are what are all the reasons that you have been holding yourself back? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> wow. Slow clap over here. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, it reminds me too, when you were saying all that of in Brene Brown's TED talk that she did in 2010, I think it's around minute eight. And this is the very first time I saw it. I just fell apart in tears. And she said, you know, she had done all this research and she had this weekend where she was pulling all the data and the research that she had done over the years because she wanted to know what the difference of of these, this group of people that lived life with their whole heart and, and were vulnerable and those that did not. And cause she, you know, she wanted this concrete answer. Like what was the main difference? And really she said, what, what the difference was is that the people who did love and live with their whole heart, they just decided they were worthy of it. They just decided. And and like, I remember like my own face when I saw her face saying that, like even she was surprised by her own answer and I fucking love science. So I was like, really? And I was, when I saw that in 2010, like I was well on my way already and thinking like, okay, it's, it's, that's true. And it, I have decided this and there's no other, there's no other magic pill or, um, anything that I have to do. It just is a decision. And it, it, I love that you said that it's risky because it is so Mm -hmm. risky and it's so scary. Mm -hmm. And to me, like, I don't know about you, but I had to get to a place where I drew the line in the sand because I was more afraid of staying the same than I was of risking making the decision to totally step into my, my starring role. Like you say, mm-hmm. absolutely. absolutely. And this is, this is how, and this is how we know that it matters, right? Like think about, you know, the, think about your former life when you would go, you would go to your work and it'd be fine. You get the paycheck. It was really easy. You satisfied clients. I've actually kind of forgotten what you did in a former life, but mine was advertising. And I know mm-hmm. that's not, dissimilar but we had so we had like and 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 there was no, and there was nothing wrong with that there was nothing wrong with that it was an honest life it was a good life it was not my calling it was not itching the the scratching the itch of my soul um and you know for for me the moment um i shared this before that uh, when my mom passed away my daughter was born that same year and it was like short, you know, what happens, what happens um, in, in this short life? And what what am I being called to do? And and there's a way in which I know, you know, I want to just say this, like, I am absolutely fully embodying um, my understanding of my potential as it is right now. And I want more. Mm-hmm. 
You know, <laughs> I want more and I'm going to continue to work towards that. And that means that I'm going to have to continue to face the new critics that show up. I have to make new decisions. I have to face the new critics. I mean, I have to bolster my authority thesis. I need to assemble the cast again and yeah. I need to do the work and I need to celebrate because you absolutely have to celebrate what you've done, which as you know, and as people listening know, celebrating is is probably the trickiest thing, right? Again, with Brene Brown, she says that joy is one of the hardest emotions to mm-hmm. be with. And we remember this from coach training with the, with the process coaching. Like, it's really easy to go into, like, the really – it's actually not – it's not that easy. But we can take people to the deep, dark places that, that, that needs to be – that need to be healed. And we also need to take them into the profound bliss that they have experienced in their life and really fully activate that so that, that we are conditioned for more. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, you said so many profound things there that I, that I wanted to touch on. And I just – I I am so glad that that Brene Brown said that about joy because uh, I I experienced that when I wrote my book like I was working with a CTI coach she was my coach and she kept trying to pull me back and like well isn't it amazing you know like look at your book is on the book and I was like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's kind of okay but yeah. I, I think I'm gonna do this now like I was like uh-huh. on to the next thing and she was like how dare you that's what yes. she said how dare you not celebrate and it's funny because I that's another assignment I give to my clients like when was the last time you sat down and even just made a list of all of your accomplishments mm-hmm. I, I have yet to meet a client who's like oh I did that on my birthday or I do mm. that every new year and I mean, it's something that I have to stop and do. I, I had my very first coach assign that to me and I was blown away at everything I'd done. I was like, damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the qualification comes in though, right? Like this is, this is another one of the lies of, of the imposter complex that there's something about like, you know, what I have accomplished, you know, isn't, it, it's not, it's not relevant to what I'm trying to do. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't count. That's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Your tenacity is currency, man. Like you did it. Yeah, I love that. Your tenacity is currency. That's going to be a tweet this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I invite everyone who is listening right now to, that's your assignment. That's your takeaway. We want you to write down a list of, and celebrate. And so tell me, what do you think, what does celebrating actually look like? May I add to that assignment? Of course. I would really love for them to um, also, you know, it, it's, their own list of accomplishments and then also go through their emails uh, searching for keywords that they really light them up like you know brilliant or genius or uh, magnificent or whatever the words are to see to to sort of regroup all of the emails all of the the references and the sweet tweets and the testimonials of what other people have said so it's this two sort of pronged approach one is like how you people reflecting back to you, which is like the, the you know most basic version of what part of your life is, as well as integrating your own beliefs about what you have achieved. Because this is the thing, like this shows up, you know, in, in the work that I do with my clients as well, because it really is this qualification of like, does that, does that really count? And of course, yes, it does. But when we, when we are able to see how we're showing up in the world, a, um, 
this is also one of the lies of the imposter complex, by the way. Uh, the reason you don't actually allow those beautiful emails that you have received to really be integrated is that you actually can't trust the praise of others because, quote unquote, they're just being nice. This mm-hmm. is what the imposter complex has, yeah. you believe, right? But of course, it's not their fault. Like, you've just done such a good job pulling the wool over their eyes, right? Right. Um, so this is, but, but the two part of this is that they are actually reflecting back their magnificence. They are, they are looking to you as a reflection of what they love deeply about themselves. So it's actually less about you and more about them. And it is still their truth. What they are, they are seeing in you is their truth. So accept that as the gift that that is, you know, and sometimes we get given these gifts and it's like, really an acrylic sweater with like a kitty cat on it. Like Mm -hmm. you think that that's me. Um, um, but you still understand that there was heart and there was soul and there was thought and love that went into that. So you receive it in that way and you say, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Tanya, tell us, tell everyone where they can find you. And if you have anything going on right now, the floor is yours. Thank you. So they can find me at tanyageisler.com. And, uh, when they're there, they should, uh, sign up to get my 12 lies at the imposter complex and one truth. And the truth is so good. <laughs> and uh, when they're there, they'll probably see that I'll be talking, um, loving up my Step Into Your Star and Roll program, which is going to be launching um, at the beginning of September. We get started nearing the end of September and uh, open arms to all of the incredible people that are ready to step into their Star and Roll and to work through this technology um, over a 12 week period. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, you guys, it's coming up. So so jump over there to get to get your freebies. Just head on over to tanyageisler.com. And thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad that I got to to introduce you to my people. And I'm sure that they thought you are just as lovely as I think you are because I absolutely adore you. Thank you, my darling. Thank you so much. It's a total honor to be here. Oh, all right. So until next time, everybody, I will see you later. Bye-bye. 